0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hear the words of St. Paul from Ephesians chapter 4. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, church, beseech you to walk worthy of the vocation with which you were called, With all lowliness and gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. St. Paul is pleading with the church in that epistle to live in such a way worthy of the vocational calling that each living stone in the church has been given in and through and by our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I want us to consider two very important things this morning based on what St. Paul is teaching us. The first is this. We need to be reminded and always have set before us the answer to this question. What is the vocational calling of every living stone in the church? It's very important that we hold tight the answer to that question. What is our vocational calling, every one of us? And the second is this. How do we live worthy of such a calling? We're going to look at those two things today. You know, if I say so-and-so has been given a vocational calling, if we play word association, I'd be willing to bet that most of us who hear that question that this or this statement, this person's been given a vocational calling, our minds probably go to the priesthood, to the diaconate, to the monastic lifestyle. When we think vocational callings, we tend to let our minds gravitate to those types of ordinations and callings. And while the reality is that's true, those things are vocational callings in people's lives. The disappointing thing that happens, I think, in all of our lives is we limit vocational calling to those positions in the church. When the reality is that every one of us in Christ has been given an incredibly important vocational calling as we take our place among all the living stones. You know, when a priest is made a priest, is ordained a priest... The bishop has him kneel before the altar. And he places his head onto the altar. And he places his hand upon his head. And he prays this prayer. The divine grace which always heals that which is infirm. And completes that which is lacking. Ordains this person to the office of priest. Let us therefore pray for him. That the grace of all all Holy Spirit may come upon him. And there that Christian man is set aside for his place in the body of Christ. And the prayer is that the grace of God where this man is is frail, where this man is weak, and every one that's made a priest falls into that category. Lord, You be his sufficiency. You be his strength for the sake of Your people. But I put to you very quickly, when you hear the words of that ordination, that it is not just relegated to the priesthood, to the diaconate. But that prayer of grace is telling us something that every one of us in our vocational callings, every one of us, we are frail and in need of grace. And God gives it toward that fulfillment. In other words, the ordination of priest and the function of a priest of vocational calling in the body of Christ is no more or less important than the vocational calling of us all. Because when you were baptized, the church teaches us, and it doesn't matter what age you were baptized, when you were baptized, you were given grace to fill the gaps of your insufficiency. You were given power, divine power, dynamis divine power to overcome flesh and take your part and fulfill your vocational calling in the church. what is that vocational calling? To answer that we look to both Saints Peter and Paul. In the first epistle of Saint Peter in chapter 2, listen to what our patron saint teaches us is our vocational calling. He tells us multiple times, your priests, your priests, listen to his words. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. There is your first role as a priest. That we gather together in this place. And you offer yourselves, you lift up your hearts, everything you are right where you are. And you offer it back to God and you offer God the praises due His name for all that He has done despite your frailties and despite your insufficiencies and your failures. We come and we worship God for who He is, and you offer those sacrifices, a loving response to the love you've been given. But there's a second role that St. Peter says that begins in verse 9 of chapter 2. He says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. You were once in darkness. You're brought into light. You as a living stone are a living testimony to all that God has done. And you're a living testimony to all the living stones in the church. But since you have been called out of darkness and into His marvelous light. By the way in which you live and show forth the God who is very much alive within you. You are a testimony to those still in darkness of all that God wants to do. And all that God can do and desires to do in bringing them into Himself that's where we go to St. Paul. And you've heard me say this verse many times. We have to keep it before us. Because it teaches us this vocational calling that we have. Where Paul says. Now all things are of God. Who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is. That God was in Christ. Reconciling the world to Himself. Not counting men's sins against them. And has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. God came to seek and save that which is lost. To show the Father the entirety of the Holy Trinity to those who dwell in darkness. That they come and find peace in the light. And experience the love of God. And every one of us has that vocational calling. In the way that God so desires. For we're all uniquely different. But we are given the same reconciling ministry. By Christ. That was shown in Christ. That's our vocational calling. Every one of us. And we're given grace to overcome weaknesses. To fulfill it. So then how shall we live a life worthy of such a vocational calling. That's the words of St. Paul to us today. And I want us to break down each instruction that he gives us. Because you'll see them build somewhat to a crescendo of a major point that he's making that we all need to take into ourselves. The first thing he says when he says to walk in a way worthy of the vocational calling we've been given, he says walk with lowliness in all lowliness and meekness. That word lowliness. We celebrate lowliness on Monday, Thursday. Because it's on Monday, Thursday that the King of Glory. Who created everything and holds all things together. The King of Glory disrobed from not only His Majesty but even in His humanity. And He put on the garment of a servant and He washed the feet of His disciples. He became the lesser of all. He became the lesser of all to love and serve all. And so Paul is telling us that we are to live among one another in the same way. All of you are greater than me. And my life is to be given over by God. Your lives are to be given over to God. To serve from that humble posture. What about meekness? Paul says meekness. To understand meekness, I'm I'm going to tell you the prayer from St. Aidan's prayer book. that says this when we pray. O most meek Jesus, Prince of Peace, who when thou wast reviled, reviled not, and on the cross did pray for thy murderers, implant in my heart the virtues of gentleness and patience, That restraining the fierceness of anger, impatience, and resentment, I may overcome evil with good. What is meekness? It's the constant posture of gentleness. It's the constant posture of patience. Relentless patience. That not if, but when we fall into a situation where we offend one another we are steadfast in gentleness, not hurling back insults to insults, but taking on the posture of our Lord Jesus Christ that prayed for the nailers while they nailed That's meekness. So we're to walk in lowliness, humility, and meekness. The second instruction He gives is walk with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Day in and day out, sometimes moment by moment, we... Fail the Lord our God we fall short of everything that he has graced us to be we even offend him daily and what is the posture of God long-suffering endurance ever faithfulness and mercy that never runs out because every time we come and repent having been convicted by the Holy Spirit He dishes out mercy to cover us and grace that we go and sin no more. And so we are to live amongst one another. Enduring the humanity of one another day in and day out and returning it with that steadfast faithfulness and mercy and love. This is what Paul is instructing us. And those two instructions, lowliness, meekness, and the long-suffering, They build to the crescendo of what Paul's true point is. Listen to the next thing that he says. He says, finally, endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And that word keep is a very strong word. That word keep means hold it tight. That word keep means protect it with everything you can. Secure the unity of the Spirit within the church. In the bond of peace I want to tell you something that the very Reverend Father Stephen Volanik who is a retired arch priest I want you to hear what he taught about this he says for the Christian unity and vocation are inseparable when a concern for unity is absent in the church the Gospel's message of reconciliation becomes unbelievable to the lost. And the church's mission is undercut. Think about why. If God has given us the reconciliation ministry, reconciling the world back to a triune God that is a God of love and unity, how will they see Christ in a lack of unity? How will they see Christ if relationally we are divided? And so Paul says, keep the unity. Keep the unity so that when they see us, they will see the love of God in Jesus Christ. And like Scripture says, they will know we are Christians by what? Say it. By our love. By our love. Here once more the words of St. Paul. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the vocation with which you were called. With all lowliness and gentleness and longsuffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.